This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number 270, recorded on July 21st, 2016. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way. News reviews, product updates, and conversation. A lot of conversation tonight. All for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AvgeGuy.tv studios. Here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska, although as I start the show, I realize I never turned on the studio lights. How, how did I get how do I get this far? I guess does the the color looks okay? We're just Yeah, gonna, it looks alright. I didn't gonna, even notice. We're gonna isn't that weird? You do all this pre-show setup, Mike, and you go through all these steps. And I'm staring at him. We've I've been podcasting now. This is probably the fifth day in a row I've done two or more podcasts in a day, and I've had lights on the whole time. And so maybe I'm just maybe I just don't need any lights. Well, anyways, we uh, post the show with world class show notes at theaverageguy.tv. Don't forget to use the mobile app. And uh, we got that running last week and made a major mistake and didn't push the mobile stream to it. And we updated that later. But uh, you can get that out at the Home Gadget Geek site. Just go to homegadgetgeeks.tv. Com, and there's big fat buttons there. Even if you got big fat fingers or skinny ones, we don't, you know, we don't discriminate here. You can find the links to that and get it downloaded there. Of course, Home Gadget Geeks is part of the Geeks Network. You can find the links to this show, plus many other great podcasts, including Riches, who's going to join us here in just a few minutes, out at thegeeksnetwork.com. We now have a Patreon link out if you want to financially support the podcast. You've been thinking about that or whatever. You can do that for a month, or you can do it for a year, or whatever you want to do. The link is on the front page of theaverageguy.tv or go to theaverageguy.tv slash support. All right, it's an all-Windows night. Not all. We're going to talk about the kangaroo a little bit later, too, but that runs Windows 10 as well. Mike Wieger's back, uh, joining me close to owning a house and finishing the bar. Mike? I am one week away. So next Tuesday and Wednesday is the bar exam. And as far as today goes, I've had better days, but maybe that's a story for the end of the podcast. But yeah, a lot of big life changes coming up in the next month. By the end of August, I think my life will have completely flipped. and it'll, you, you guys will be seeing a new background. Hopefully, I don't even know where I'm going to put my computer in the new house. So we'll see what the background looks like. But yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. I heard a rumor: no more Macs, all Windows in the house. And you're you're buying a you're going to buy Windows a brand new Windows 10 PC. Yeah, I'm throwing out everything Apple, getting rid of it all. Just you know, all these devices are just going away. Junk. Junk. So, because this is it's an all Windows night, so we right. can't we cannot bow down to the mighty Apple. Well, and my story fits into not being the happiest with Apple right now, but. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about that later. Hang on until the end of the show, I will. and uh, we've got an Apple story for you. That fits right into what we're talking about with Windows. All right, you can't think of Windows and not think of Rich Hay. Rich is joining us. Rich, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How are you, man? Well, I've been well. Uh, running a, a little tired today. Had a trip up to New York City yesterday to talk a little Windows with the Microsoft folks and uh, get ready for the anniversary update release, but uh, some pretty exciting days ahead. Just 11 days until the big release on the 2nd of August and lots going on. How are you feeling about it? Uh, certainly you spent this time in New York, and I know we're not going to talk a lot about that. There's a lot of NDA stuff there that yeah. you'll be able to, a lot of embargoed stuff you'll be able to talk about on Monday. Let's. But for folks that maybe don't normally follow you, of course, WindowsObserver.com is your site. You're writing at the super site for Windows, right? That's the correct. Yeah, I'm writing super site for Windows, uh, IT Pro for Windows, and the Dev Pro sites for Penton Technology now. And then you know, poor little WindowsObserver.com hosts the podcast, um, which I did. I grabbed a .tech domain name for I like my it. podcast. I, like I did it. Observe .tech. 
which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Um, but I did surpass 200 episodes a few weeks ago, so I'm 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 cranking them out like that. Didn't record today because I was eagerly sleeping after a late re arrival return from New York last night. But uh, we'll be recording the podcast over the weekend just to kind of get caught up with uh, where things are. But yeah. lots going on. A lot of people watching very closely this anniversary update to see what it brings to the table, which if you're in the fast ring and you're testing it, you kind of know. But what I've learned really recently is that there's a lot of folks that just don't follow it as closely as we do. And whether you want to call them normals or everyday users or whatever, they just, you know, they may be on Windows 10 now. I'll use my wife as an example, but she doesn't understand the differences and what's there and what's not there. So there's a lot of folks out there who have gotten the free upgrade, which, by the way, expires one week from tomorrow. And, you know, they're, I don't think they even know this big update's coming in 10 days. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that's received. You know, Rich, uh, interesting thing happened to me the other day. I was uh, working on my wife's computer, and it looked it looked like Windows 10, but it wasn't like the Windows 10 I remembered. And I had actually installed an early, early, early Windows build from last year when we oh. were right. This would have been, I want to say, May time frame. And it, oh yeah, it, even before the the initial yeah, release of Windows the, 10, the final, you know, before we started seeing the final bits, I right. had and I don't, you know, I was setting it up and I'm trying to get it on Windows 10. And that thing had not updated. It was uh, what 1511 is the the current uh, the current uh, I don't current know what branch. We call it. Yeah, current branch. Yeah, that we're on. Uh, and and so it wasn't that a 1504 or something like that. Oh, I was wow. like, holy cow! How did how did I let this PC go as long? So um, if you're if you got Windows in the house, might be yeah. especially with the uh, with the anniversary update coming up here. You you mentioned this earlier, Rich. Uh, 15. I'm sorry, August second. You yep. might want to check and just kind of go. The easy way is click on the Windows button, bottom left-hand corner, and just type in VER and hit enter. It'll take you to the version, and a really nice screen will come up. It's got all the details, right? Of yeah, that's correct, that's and it should show the current version that's installed. Now, because Windows 10 in the home environment, most people who are on Windows 10 Home, updates are automatic. So when this update does roll out and it starts on the second, it doesn't mean everybody will get it on the second then your system should pick it up at night when you're not using the computer, install it, reboot, and you should yeah. have it one morning when you wake up. Right now, uh, 393, 14393 is the, in the fast ring. Is it too late, Rich, for folks if they wanted to jump into the fast ring and get that update now? Is it too late to join the Insider Program and do that, do you think? No, I don't think it's too late. Now, there is a bit of a delay. So when you take a system that's never been in the fast ring and you flip it, you turn that switch on, which the setting is embedded now in, uh, I have to be careful here, in, yeah, it's in, even in version 1511, so the November update even shows it this way, is that there's an option for the Windows Insider program to switch to slow ring or fast ring. Uh, they did just push 393 to slow ring yesterday, but, but, so slow ring devices, people, that's the vast majority of this. And us tech heads, you know, we're always in fast ring, but there's a lot more folks in slow ring. So 393 has been pushed to the slow ring users as well, testers, and that will that will be available immediately. Um, if they want to get in, though, expect about a 24-hour delay when they flip that switch on their system because Microsoft only provisions new systems into the rings once a day. And it typically happens in the early afternoon Redmond time is kind of what we've dis we've deduced from watching the process happen. So it, you can. It will give you 14.393, which is, I think, right on the, the door knocking at final build for the anniversary update. 
I think it's why it pushed down to, to this low ring within 24 hours very quickly. And all the bugs that are currently listed for that are known issues. Uh, have either been eliminated or are, are not showstoppers. So they're not anything that will stop them from publishing. Yeah, explain this a little bit, Rich, because uh, Microsoft's taking kind of a little different approach when we think about, we used to think about RTM and a final, yep. right? Yep. Talk a little bit about, you. it's a whole new world with them. Talk a little bit about how are they pushing updates and, and kind of what's the expectation for this August 2nd rollout? Yeah, what they did was as they were building Windows 10 for its initial release last year, uh, we hear a lot about as a service, and Windows as a service is this kind of concept. And what it means is is that in the old days, uh, the cycle between new versions of Windows was typically about three years long and a very slow, methodical process. Now, I mean, in the last, when we got 14.393 on Monday, that was the fifth build release to testers in about eight days. I mean, we'd never seen a pace like this before. The total tally right now for anniversary update, the one that's coming out, the second major update to Windows 10 that's due on 2nd of August, 49 builds since the 1st of January for mobile and PC devices that are testing. 49 builds. I mean, that just to me is an unreal number. Well, it, it's July, right? So we're in the seventh month. So in almost eight months, they've released 49 builds to testers to try out Windows 10. And I'm working on a story that will go up tomorrow, and I'm doing some background research on the lead-up to Windows 10 initial release last July and the November update. But they don't even get close to the number of builds we've had for this update. So it's a well-tested update. Uh, Microsoft has a lot of telemetry that talks about its performance, how it's working. And we even, while they're doing that, guess what? We still got cumulative updates each month for the current version of Windows, what we call current branch which is the November update, version 15.11. And so they continue to maintain it right alongside of building the next major update. And as soon as this is over, fasten your seatbelts because we'll be rolling into Redstone 2 for early next year and start testing builds for it. You think the update cycle and the fast ring will be just as fast? Certainly there will be some time after the, uh, the August yeah. 2nd update where things will slow down. But it seemed like that the last time, too. We saw these kinds of ebbs and flows and the fast ring where... Reset. They yeah. kind of had a reset. So after they finished and produced that November update, it was December. So it was a few weeks before we saw the first build, but there wasn't a whole lot there. It was just establishing a new branch, transition what over the, to a new release branch or development branch to start building what's called Redstone 2, the next major a, update. Uh, so you were saying, you know, will there be a gap? And there will be. They'll reset things. They'll set up the new development branch for Redstone 2. So there might be a few weeks. But I tell you what, since Donna Sakar has taken over the Insider program, that's we've seen a decided bump in the number of builds we've received. Uh, and that's not saying Gabe Ball wasn't doing a great job, but she just has a different approach and a different tactic. And I think they're of the mind that the more builds they put on develop our testing machines, the more data we get, the more ac the better we can make the system run. And I'm seeing that myself in these most recent builds, how well Windows 10 is performing. Yeah, I've seen it as yeah, seeing seeing it as well. Rich, do we know uh, have they said anything to you telemetry wise about how many people they think are in the fast ring at this point testing? Nah, you know, feedback? Gabe revealed that number at some point. Uh, you know, when they were talking about how many people were in the Insider program early on, we've never gotten an updated number, so I've never heard a new number to say how many. But the percentages wise back then was it was only about ten percent of insiders was in the fast ring, and I can't imagine that that stat's not stayed about the same as the Insider program has grown, so it's probably less than 20% are in fast ring. The vast majority of the testers are in the slow ring. Yeah. 
we're going to get a bunch of builds, so this is the first time, I think, right, we're going to have both Windows, Windows Phone, and Xbox. Oh, right. Together, right? Windows 10 can, is a core OS. So can you talk a little bit about that across kind of all those ecosystems? Yeah, Mary Jo Foley reported last month in an interview with Terry Meyerson that the on August 2nd, all the all the hardware from Microsoft that currently runs Windows 10, so we're talking about PCs, tablets, mobile devices such as phones, uh, the Xbox One, the Surface Hubs, uh, you may have, just as a sidebar, you heard they sold 500 of those things. They have exceeded expectations selling those massive devices. Um, so anything that's running Windows 10 as a core is going to get this build starting on 2nd August. It'll be a slow-paced rollout. It's not going to be everybody all at once. I don't think the Internet can handle that. But, um, it, you know, so... By Microsoft building this common, this single core of, o, of the OS, it allows them to kind of develop the, the key pieces and then build on top of that for each unique device. So whether it's a large screen, small screen, you know, four-inch phone, whatever it is. So when they start this rollout, we fully expect it to start out to everybody, but just at a very steady pace. Yeah, how long do you think? And I'm, we're all guessing, like nobody knows. Yeah, but this is complete. You hang out with the guys from Microsoft for every now and then and got some good ideas. Anything? Are they expecting a, a, a month? I mean, a week, a month? Uh, have they given any indication? I mean, it's a big, there's a lot of, how many, you, you keep track of how many PCs are running Windows 10, right? Yeah, the latest numbers plus? are from early May. Yeah, and well, what do you May think? 5th, Microsoft told us 350 million users or devices, and they keep using different measurements. They say active users, they say devices, uh, and interestingly enough, this week in Orlando, Florida, just down the road from me, is Microsoft's MGX, which is their annual kind of employee uh, pep rally. And in the first day, Bloomberg reported that Satya Nadella, or no, it didn't come out of MGX, it came out of the quarterly earnings the other night. Satya Nadella said they are going to start releasing more regular information about the number of users on Windows 10 by referring to active users. So just like Google does for Hangouts and Google Plus and other, that's kind of the standard measurement for usage of a system. So we're actually, they're talking about providing us these numbers now on a monthly basis, on a standard regular monthly basis. But the latest numbers from early May was 350 million users, devices, or whatever it is they're counting. So it's a lot of people. I asked yesterday if there's any updated, and there, it's the same number. There is no known number to be given at this point. Now, come August 2nd, they might do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long do you think uh, that'll that'll take to? I mean, if you're just thinking about, if we think about the, you know, the December, the, the you know, the that update the in November, the last summer, right? yeah. a couple of weeks, you think maybe for? Because remember, a lot of people complained like I didn't get it yet. Yeah. I didn't get it yet. Yeah, and there'll be people who, if you remember right, the initial release of Windows 10 last July actually landed the night before. I was sitting on my computer and suddenly things popped. Um, November update, if I remember correctly, if you were an insider, you were already on the final build, and we found that out a little bit ahead of time. But it just, it was a that that was a a slower rollout. So I think that took two or three weeks before you would yeah. get to a point where everybody who was looking for it got it. So I, I don't think it's going to be an overnight thing. There's no way. Yeah. But I think we're probably looking at that two to three weeks. Do you think they might do the same thing where one of the last builds that we get, and there's still plenty of time to get builds, do you think one of those last builds for us in, on the inside ring will be the final build? Do you think they'll do the same thing that time, this way? If, if history holds true, before the official release last July, two weeks prior, 14 days, we had build 10240 in the Insider Fast and Slow Rings, that was ultimately the initial release of Windows 10. 
For the November update, that was 105.86. We had that seven days ahead of time. Today, we're at 11 days before the final release. And with Windows as a service, there is no more need for Microsoft to, to ship this gold code off to a factory somewhere to produce hardcore DVDs, you know, impressed DVDs. So it's certainly feasible. But I've written two articles this week looking at 14393 and the known issues. And if you look at the bugs that are in this build, they aren't showstoppers. In fact, as of yesterday, two of them have been completely addressed, and there's only two remaining known issues on mobile, both of which don't affect a wide variety of handsets, but it is impacting some users. So they are things that could be fixed even now through a cumulative update. You know, they send out a quick patch and like a driver update and fix it, or they do it post-release right there early August, because if you think about it, August 2nd, so the first patch Tuesday of, of the anniversary update's life is the following Tuesday. So they could even release a cumulative update on the day they normally release them. Rich, when I think of the features that are coming with this on the desktop, let's just say laptop, desktop, right? The, yeah. the, the Windows 10 we traditionally think of. When I think of the features that are coming with this that I've seen in the build that I'm most interested in, I think of the Cortana improvements. I think of the, the writing, and that's not what they call it, but the ink everywhere, right? The, the ability to write just about in everything that only came in, in um, Edge, before and now that's coming in a lot of different places uh, in Windows and I think about Windows Defender being improved uh, and you have to think about Edge too I think we're gonna get a new version of Edge that comes with it with actually that has LastPass support right so that's right yeah some really great improvements uh, so one what are you most excited about and two anything I didn't mention that's coming that that you're excited about well the first thing I think I'm more excited about than anything is extension support Microsoft Edge having the ability to have extensions uh, because I'm really frustrated with the state of the internet right now and ads and how uh, intrusive they are on some sites. I mean, I browse to a very popular, uh, I won't call them a tech website, but they report a lot of tech stuff. And the, the, when I pulled up the story, I, I clicked on the link on Twitter and it pulled up the web browser and almost my entire page was filled with an ad that was at the top. And then I had to scroll to get to the story. You know, so ad blockers, you know, if you're respectful with your ads, I'll whitelist you and I'll let your ads show up. If you're abusive and you're doing things that just take away from the user experience, I'm going to block it. And so Edge, big deal, was supposed to come out in the November update, got pushed, if you remember, right? We were supposed to get extensions last fall. So we're getting extension support in Microsoft Edge, and every build we get new builds of Edge, too, because Edge is integrated into the OS now. So... But edge support, I think, is huge. Now, if you want to talk about the other features you mentioned, um, Cortana improvements, a lot of improvements on Cortana. If you were listening to the financials this week, Bing took like a, had like a 40% jump in usage from Windows 10 users because Bing is so integrated into Cortana and Edge and other features on the OS. So that's, that's a good bump for and Everything you do with Cortana is Bing-related. Um, so Cortana improvements now have access to Cortana above what they say above the lock screen. So you can actually, if your computer's set to Hey Cortana to recognize, she'll talk to you without you unlocking your device. That's handy. It, you don't have to grab it and log in, right? Yeah, but you have to be careful when you're talking you have to on be a very podcast. Careful. <laughs> you say you have four or five of them, and they all, and I just said that, and th and yep, get two of them <laughs> responded very quickly and just opened exactly. Edge for me. Exactly, on. and so you do have to be cautious with that. But but so Cortana support above the lock screen is great. 
um, inking, what you were talking about, the writing, right? Uh, we're going to see, we've seen it in the current builds, Windows Ink Workspace. So if you have a device that inks and you have the pen, you can customize that and push the button and it will pop up on the right side, kind of a, we used to call it a sidebar, but with tools. And it's got three main programs that they're going to, there you go. It's got three main programs. The first one is Sticky Notes, a brand new version of Sticky Notes that supports the inking options. Then you have a screen sketch, they call it. That's basically double pop the button if that's your default, and you get a screenshot that you can then ink and then share. I love that for how-tos. Yes. I build a lot of how-to stories, and I love that feature for how-tos because I can, instead of having to bring it up in another editor and f sort out text, I can just handwrite or highlight or circle or point it out and stuff. So I love that. And then the other one is, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting. No, Sketchpad. Well, yeah, Sketchpad. So Sketchpad is kind of like a whiteboard, and it allows you to do to share. If it's a shared, you can share those things as well. So so inking is a big deal. Cortana is a big deal. Security is a big deal. I mean, they've t they've touted Windows 10 as the most secure version of Windows ever, um, and they do that with each version of Windows. But you know, I do believe based on what I've seen. Look at Windows Hello. Windows Hello initially last year was only going to be available for websites and apps to enterprise, right? They were only they weren't going to give that to consumers. They've decided now in this this year that we're now going to have that ability to integrate Windows Hello for facial or fingerprint recognition to for our own passwords, for our own websites, for our own apps that support it. And there's lots of stuff out there now that supports that. So security Windows Hello biometric logins probably one of the most secure ways you can access your system. Um, Windows Defender you mentioned already, it's the only thing I've used for years and I'm knock on wood, I'm yet to have an infection or an issue but you got to do some smart computing there too but Windows Defender has protected my systems without a problem but they've added some new features that kind of overlap between the consumer side and the enterprise side such as um, the advanced threat protection suite that they've uh, released that helps you track infections and find out where they really came from and you can I think it's you can look back and look at months worth of data to find out when that thing first happened on the infected system. I mean, really good. Um, what's the what's the word you use for when you're investigating something like that? Um, Interrogation? No. No. <laughs> um, the uh, I'm just drawing a blank on the word. The the forensics of oh, those right, kind of things, right, right? right? So you got that. You got limited periodic scanning. Now, whether or not Microsoft has proven through data, Microsoft, if you don't know, Microsoft's a data company now, but they love the data they see, and they've proven that on systems with any other antivirus, anti-malware protection other than Windows Defender, that they are still susceptible in some ways to attacks or malware and things like that. So there will be a new feature, whether you're using a third-party antivirus or not, that once a month uh, it will do a limited periodic scan of your system to use the detection tools that Microsoft has developed in order to check your system and make sure you're 100% clean. So it, it won't interfere. It'll happen at night when you're not using a system, but that limited periodic scanning is another new feature that they've integrated. And then, of course, you got the Windows Information Protection. That covers both on the consumer side and enterprise side so that you can protect company data but yet let it exist on the same device that you have personal data on. Some pretty cool features coming security-wise. Some good stuff coming. Mike, have you, and you muted yourself, Mike, but have you updated your Kangaroo? You've got the, you know, you've got the version of the Kangaroo and, and, and put, you put Windows 10 Kangaroo's on. Kangaroo is the little device yeah, in my room. Little, okay. 
Yep, the little device, and they got a couple, They have a couple different uh, docks for it. Mike, oh, what have I, you done? And I've, and I've had that in the Fast Ring ever since I got it. I mean, I think that was the best way to kind of, for me, I mean, for the listeners out there, this was the device that Jim gave me to really get to know Windows, and so putting it in the Fast Ring was kind of fun. You got to be there for on the edge of all these new updates and see how they're doing this. And it's kind of it kind of helps you grasp Windows if you learn it that way, learn it through the updates. It's been nice, and yeah, the Kangaroo runs it just fine. Yeah, we we I we picked one up too, or they sent one to me, and we we're gonna actually talk about that, Rich. After we let you go today, okay. We've got an interview with uh, sounds like a neat device. Yeah, we got an interview with Ben with Ben Chu coming up that we're gonna we're gonna play in. But um, yeah, you know, Mike, that's got that fingerprint uh, scanner right. for right yeah. to to get you to log in, and so that has been great. You know, you register five or ten or whatever the number of fingerprints that you can put in there, and then depending upon how you grab that thing, you can just put it on there, and Windows Hello, of course, kicks it in and gets you logged in. I went back it's, to using that, actually, because I moved it just so I could start using it. It's right under the desk. You just reach down, grab it, and you're you're right in. Yeah, no, no, pretty slick. Of course, the one thing that uh, I wish it had more, I mean, it, it, it doesn't have a pen, and, and, and Rich, you're right. I just grabbed my pen. I double-clicked it, and, the, and over in the right-hand side, when you double-click it, you get the inking options. That's that right. Pop up. The, you what they call a Windows ink, that. They're yeah. calling that Windows Ink Workspace. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Very, and it, and I have found inside those spaces, especially the Sketchpad, uh, but writing on a screen. You mentioned that yeah. being able to bring up a website, click and write on it, and then shoot yeah. that to somebody, that yeah. has gotten that has gotten super, super, very, very slick. Rich, when you think about Media Center, and I know Recluse had asked this in the chat room, and I know we thought maybe we had Media Center or a version of it coming in Windows 10, and then I heard. Wah, 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 right? Yeah. They've taken that out, right? What have you heard so far? Well, you remember last year at E3, the, they, the, where they tied it to was Xbox. Last year at E3, they announced the, uh, the HD off-the-air TV receivers for Xbox. So you could not have to necessarily use cable. You could pull in off-the-air broadcasts and feed them into your Xbox. But they also announced last year that sometime, that later in the year, they were going to provide, you were going to get the capabilities on Xbox One to basically have a, the, a TiVo or a digital video recorder and be able to schedule and record and replay stuff you caught off the air or off the TV or off the digital or stuff. Well, unfortunately, just before E3 this year, that was they pulled back on that and they said, nope, we're not going to release that. Now, I don't know why. I haven't heard why. Um, it could be regulatory type stuff because it's hard to get certified to have a box on the cable network, right? And to get break that mold because I tell you what, the cable companies don't want competition there. No. So it was unfortunate. My, the Xbox One, as it sets right now, has a very limited capability to pause and let you fast forward and rewind what you're watching on TV at the moment. But it is not at the level of a TiVo or any of those kind of DVR devices. Now, do you think, too, because when they release the new version of the Xbox, they kind of really are focusing on storage. Now, obviously, that's for, I mean, I know for a fact that the 500 gig is, gig is way too small for any person that even does an average amount of gaming. But will there be a limitation, do you think, in the future when they come out with DVR to, hey, you can only use the internal storage. We don't want people to be able to basically record to an external hard drive and then take that off somewhere and work around to get that stuff off? I, I don't I, I don't know that they're going to bring back the idea of DVR to the Xbox One. The way the oh, announcement really? sounded, it sounded like this is not happening. It has come off the table. We're cutting it completely, not yeah. just bumping it yeah, back. Not delayed. Okay. 
I, I just got the feeling as we heard that news come out before E3, because you would have expected that to be a demo type thing at E3, right? Right. Oh, because sure. they talked about it last year. I just got the sense that the way they put it out, that this was something that was off the table, which is unfortunate because I've got my TiVo, I feed my cable in through two cable cards, and then that gets fed into the Xbox One, and I watch TV through the Xbox One. But I would love to be able to get rid of a device. You know, my TiVo HD is a little old. It's a few years old. And, but now, since that's gone for Xbox One, i got to consider what I do when that fails. Right, you know, and even I if you have the, the DVR through your cable box, there's no way to interact with that through the Xbox Media Remote, which is what I like to use for everything. You know, when you've got the connect that talks to it all, if you right. do have the DVR function, you have to get out your cable box remote yeah. and have them both going at the same time. So maybe even adding in the interaction there for the play pause buttons to now interact with your cable box instead of yeah. Xbox. Uh, well, think about Connect. Connect is basically an IR blaster. Right. And so I currently have the Xbox One media control, media remote, and I'm able to control my TiVo with it. Oh, really? Um, so for fast-forwarding and rewinding, or I can grab the TiVo peanut remote and be more in detailed. Right, the, okay. So that does work. Okay, I was wondering if that worked. It does okay. work okay. And then changing channels, it comes through the Connect IR, and that feeds down to the uh, in the room. It basically pumps out the numbers to the, the Xbox One to change the channels within the OS, within the system itself. But, yeah, it's unfortunate because I think that was a great opportunity. Microsoft right. external storage is so easy to add. You plug in a 3.0 device into a USB 3.0 port on the on the console, and boom, you're there. But you're right, the new consoles, the first one coming out on the 2nd of August, Xbox One S, the initial release is the 2-terabyte model. Right. That's a lot of storage. I have a, a one, storage. I have a 500-gigabyte external drive on mine, plus the 500 internal that gives me a full gig. So right. it's easy to add. I, my nephew wanted to add storage. It was, I told him, go get a drive, get a cable, boom, he was done. The upgrades the only, are so easy. The only problem I've had with that is that certain apps and stuff don't like to run off the external. I've noticed it, the installation the will stop. Yeah, and my it might just be a bug. My Xbox has been buggy even before the uh -huh. preview, but for some reason, you try to install it to the external, and it'll just say installation stopped every single time. Then you switch your default back to the internal drive. It installs no problem and runs. That's weird. I haven't yeah, seen it's, that it's myself. Been now, an interesting on my, on problem. My, on my on my phone, I've there are some apps that will pop up in the store and say can't be it has to be ins installed on internal memory. Right. So and I've it's only really that. apps. Games don't seem to have an issue. It's yeah. really only certain apps. Like I know for some reason the Twitch app, um, mine to be cannot on be the internal storage. Yeah, Maybe that's all internal. about the way it streams and the way it buffers the stream and it wants the faster quote unquote faster drive inside. Right. Um, that's interesting. I'll have to watch for that because this most recent update, there's some universal Windows platform apps on Xbox One now. The weather app is now available on Xbox One that oh, we've okay. seen on Windows 10 for a year um, and on the mobile devices. So they've uh, there was one other one that I saw. Uh, was it music? Oh, the movies and TV app was updated a couple cycles ago to right. you know, that was the nice. platform. It's right up there uh, the top right, a lot yeah. more accessible. I look forward to seeing Groove Universal Windows. Groove has come so far on the desktop and piece and tablets and stuff like that, even on mobile devices. And it just got a big update on Android. Android, right? That it brings up to par what we see on the first-party devices. I mean, I'm even looking forward to the Groove update on Xbox One because I play music and it's going to have background music. Which means right. you can start Groove up and then go do other stuff without it. 
Because I think we've seen that Spotify's same. not coming anytime soon. You know, that, no. that exclusive partnership with PlayStation's kind of locked in. I don't see them coming over. Not happening. Yeah. yeah. You may see some others make it that way, but not Spotify. Right. I just opened uh, Movies and TV on it, and uh, actually School of Rock is free right free now. Free rental, yep. Free Up until the 2nd right of August. That's part of, the, that's part of the two weeks prior to the release that they're doing some specials. Yeah, Recluse corrected me. He was more interested in talking about media-centric, uh, a oh. Windows equivalent to AirPlay, for for instance. Those. Oh, so you're talking about the casting options that we have built in or projecting options. So every Windows 10, all versions of Windows 10, even on the handset, even on a, uh, the 950, for instance, has the ability to project their screen to a device that's compatible to catch that stream. So whether that's... Um, Oh, the you know we've got the the Windows devices. Microsoft has built some devices for that. Some TVs are built to receive those streams uh, from one Windows 10 device to another Windows 10 device. So I could sit here on my phone and and throw that screen to my current monitor on this Windows 10 system that I'm talking on. And so on the Xbox, there was the preview app as well for a little while there, where you yeah, could project it's not, the I don't know, it's not but Xbox anymore. One is a receiver though. But if I'm not, I haven't tested it in a while. But I thought at one point maybe it was that app that was helping do that. But right. I think that's a feature that will be built in when it finally, maybe on the 2nd of August when it gets the anniversary update. Pretty cool stuff, though. I mean, you remember you used to always, it used to be a chore to, to share your screen to another device when it came to Windows and Windows 10. And that's all been built into the OS as kind of a standard now. Well, how would I invoke that, Rich, in, in most cases? Um, for the phone itself... Um, because what more I'm more interested in on the Windows 10 on a Windows 10 you know kind of computer if I because pretty you know pretty soon we're gonna have Windows 10 in a lot of places and like I go into a university setting and it might be a Windows 10 box that is running the projector and I yep. have my laptops that's Windows 10 so if I wanted to today if I wanted to throw something over what's the right way to do that? you would uh, the the easiest way to get to those kind of features is to open the Action Center which is uh, in Windows 10 and build 90 in 393 and it's been for a few builds but to the right of the clock and date in the sys tray is an icon that's the action center you open up action center and you have these square block kind of you know the commands at the bottom and one of those is project and one is connect and so one is about projecting your current screen out to somewhere the other is about connecting this device to another device so um, those that's where you would go to in, to invoke those things based on your handset and I believe even on like the Lumia 950 um, you have the ability in settings I think it is to project and connect and stuff like that so um, yeah the project doesn't come up anything but but on the desktop so if you're sitting on a laptop and want to connect to another device that's where you go it used to be in Windows 8, remember, we would invoke the, the charms on the side, and you would find connect and project there. Yeah, any any apps that you have, any apps for casting from Android to Windows 10? I don't think Not that, that I'm aware of, but I haven't yet. dug deep enough to know for yeah. sure. I just did get I an Android comes. handset. I bet Blue it comes R1 HD. Point. Yeah. Amazon offers. Mm -hmm. They had a special Prime exclusive. I paid 59 bucks for a 16-gig uh, device with 2 gig of RAM. And uh, it's a nice little device, and it's perfect for playing around with the apps and services on. But, uh, but yeah, I haven't heard of anything specific yet, although I do know now that Cortana and you know how you can get alerts in these recent builds. You can get alerts from your Windows phone uh, pushed over to your 
desktop, right? Low mm -hmm. battery alerts, kind of a message unified alert. message center. Yeah. Right? yeah, and they show up in Action Center. Well, uh, the most recent beta build of Cortana and Android now has that connection. Mm. So you yeah. can get your alerts off your Android into your Windows 10 desktop. Yeah, well. I think that I don't think we're far. I, I, we're going to get this build out and going, and then I think you're going to yeah. see the next generation focus on bringing Android and iPhone where they oh, can. Yeah. Right? Those, it would oh, be it, much it, easier on Android than it would be on iPhone because there's so many things down. Yeah. iPhone iOS does not give us as much access on the system level that Android does. Rich, two more things before we let you go, because uh, we've got another interview to get to, and I appreciate you coming out. But uh, one is the store. In your opinion, what's the state of the store? I, we we talk about it, we hear about it all the time, but I, you know, I just don't. Are people using it? Is it going to work? What are your thoughts on the store at this point? Well, I I have no doubt that people are using the store. Um, I'm, you know. The store is certainly getting used. Now, does it have some issues? Well, one thing that's happening with the anniversary update is that now there is a common store across all the devices. So in the most recent preview builds for Xbox One, the store looks very similar to what you see on the desktop, to what you see on the phone, to what you see on your tablet, wherever. So the phone is getting, and so that allows them to have a common centralized store at the back end, and then it just adjusts itself like a universal Windows platform app to the screen size it's being presented on. So you'll see familiarity there. Um, they have some search issues, I think, because, you know, if you, for instance, if you go search Tweet It or Next Gen Reader and you don't put an exclamation point at the end of the name of those two apps, they don't show up in search. To me, that makes no sense. So I do think they need to do some tweaking when it comes to discovery. You know, may have re you may have remembered a few weeks ago some guy came out and kind of analyzed that and talked about those search issues. So could it be better? Most certainly. App discovery is a challenge. Now, some of the upgrades to the anniversary update, say for inking, for instance, they've built in into the Windows Ink workspace a spot down at the bottom that says uh, your most recently used inking-related apps and then other inking. You know, there's a link to the store to a special section that's all about apps that support inking. Same thing with Windows Hello. So you can actually discover apps. So they've built those kind of things, but those are curated. Those aren't kind of automatic searches or things like that. So I think they could do a lot better when it comes to the discovery aspect of things and the searching of things because I don't think search is flexible enough to discover everything you would expect to find when you put a word in there. But, um, but the store, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind the store is working for them. Uh, they've moved more stuff into that. You can now discover. I mean, look at search on Cortana on these recent builds. Uh, today, I was getting ready to see you guys, right? And I didn't have Chrome installed. So I, I hit the start button. I typed Chrome, and it, it produced this nice little card that took me right to the web to the download page. You know, before you used to have to open the browser, go to the search engine, you know, or, you know, most of, it, most of us find stuff through search. And so that's been integrated as well. So... There's a lot of opportunity for developers, especially with all this cross-platform stuff now. With, for instance, Xbox Play Anywhere, buy it on the PC, play it on the Xbox with no extra payment, you know, and vice versa, and things like that. So, the more that gets integrated and shared amongst the, the platforms, the better that's going to be for users and the developers. I think. Any, uh, you could have also used Cortana, right, to to find. To I could find have. Yeah, I could have. I mean, I I think. Um, when you when you hit the start button and type and search, mm -hmm. you are using elements of Cortana even then sure, to do that sure. because she's reaching out to the web or you use the specific Cortana interface and do the search as well. Or you could do it vocally, you know, 
if you got hey Cortana activated, then you could use that mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I don't need that because I've got too many systems in here that fire <laughs> up when I say hey Cortana. <laughs> that's that's true. That's one of the drawbacks to it. I've I know oh, she'll I'm, open she'll open Edge for you pretty easily. So that's, that's correct. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's and, very and nice. You just made me think of something. Think talking about Cortana, and that is. Um, the the ability we have now with the action centers, there's a new developer feature available, and some have already taken advantage of it. We're talking about synced notifications through the cloud. Mm -hmm. So all your notifications from your phone or this Windows 10 device or that Windows 10 device go up into the cloud, and there's there's some work going on that helps reduce duplication. So if if I'm looking in my Twitter app, and I've got an alert sitting in the Action Center. The moment I've come out of my Twitter app, open the Action Center, all the Twitter alerts are gone because it know I just read them in the app. So there's more developers have to implement those. So it's not a OS thing. So developers, as they implement this feature, they'll start reducing the number, the clutter that comes in Action Center sometimes, especially when you view it in one place and it doesn't update. Mm -hmm. I want that ability. I want that ability to have everything synced across because I work on multiple devices depending on what I'm doing, and I'd like to be able to do that. And uh, so that feature, as they implement that, is going to make that management so much easier as well. The Skype Universal Windows Platform Preview that's out now, the latest builds, mm -hmm. you'll get it on 3.9.3, is awesome now. I'm using it dedicated on all my systems. And those it syncs easily. The, the notifications sync. So even that has become a better tool compared to what it used to be, for me anyway. I call my son every weekend on Skype. He's down in San Diego. Yeah. And uh, well, I've been using the Universal app that's been on. Uh, we bring, I just grabbed the Surface, take it upstairs. We've been calling it on the Surface. Yeah. It works great. I mean, you can hear him. The microphone's good. The speakers are good. It's a really a good, a Surface is a really good Skype machine. I mean, it just yeah. works really, really well. Now, the app hasn't been great, I'll be honest. So it'll be interesting to try the new. Yeah, the latest, we new. just got another update today, in fact, on it. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to take a peek. How are apps being updated uh, at this point? Is I knew it used to be through the store. Is it still, still are. coming? Okay. Still are. Still, coming through still the are through the store. You can set it to automatic, which is the default, and they will be updated, or you can set it to manual, and you can check. I do it myself because I like to share when there are app updates. I don't write a whole blog post about them, but I tweet out a picture of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you this. Um, the... Um, there's now that you now get alerts in the action center from the store to say, hey, uh, Skype was updated. Go check it out. Yeah. So now it used to be we would never know something got updated in the older builds and previous versions and updates of Windows 10. So now in anniversary update, we get those alerts in the action center, and we can you get a little thing that says, hey, I just updated five apps. Go check them out. I love that. I think the action center actually matters now. It does. <laughs> it does. There. It hasn't been very good. It's been hit or miss, but I think. With the anniversary update, I think it actually matters. It's something to pay attention to, and like you mentioned, uh, in the Action Center is also if you're on a Surface, it'll go between desktop and tablet mode. Yep. It covers a rotation lock. Your notes are in there. All settings are in there. Airplane yep. mode, location, quiet hours if you want to set those. Dimmable, you're, you're dim. You know if you want to if you want to set brightness, the brightness, yep. and whether it's connected on Bluetooth, VPN is in there. Battery yep. usage, the project uh, one we talked about, connecting. And yep. for so how you connect into the Wi-Fi or, correct, or what have yeah. you, and then the network icon is in there. So and that is completely customizable. You can go into settings and you can drag and drop those little blocks into any order you want. Very good. One more thing, Rich, and then we'll let you go. The Deals Hub. 
of all things that are in there. Have you checked that out? As far as I've missed, yeah, I've looked at it. But any you good know, deals? Is it something world. worth watching? And you know, you might find something interesting in there if you're looking for something. I it will pop an alert in the action center that says, "Hey, the deals hub was up a day to go look at it," and then you can scroll through it. It's kind of like their red stripe deals that they used to do. Um, if you follow uh, Larry Herb from Xbox Live, Major Nelson, he posts the weekly kind of deals with gold and things of that nature, so you can watch. Though some of those are in there for games, but mostly for the kind of uh, what I would call. Um, Casual games, mm -hmm. so yeah, there, you might find something in the deals hub that is worthwhile, especially if a movie pops up that you've been thinking about watching, and all of a sudden it's only two bucks to rent. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like School of Rock music, seven dollar albums. That's not oh, bad. Yeah. If you were going to buy it on iTunes, it's going to be ten bucks. You're going to be able to get it for yep. seven. Some I of them. about the music stuff as well. They list it all: music, movies, TV, games, apps. So they have all the categories covered. Yeah. Now, interesting. I, it'll be interesting to see where that. Uh, where that goes, including red stripe deals, which I think yeah, are they're fifty percent or more off. That's right. That's currently empty at the moment, but it's it, saving a few bucks is never a bad thing, you know. And that's why I say, by the way, everybody, one week from tomorrow, that free upgrade to Windows 10 is history, and it is not getting extended. There's not going to be any last-minute reprieve. It's done. It's a real deal. It's a real deal, it's and it will be deal. over. Well, if you're interested in following Rich, and I listen to Rich every single week, Observe Tech Podcast, you should head out there. You should subscribe to it and download part of the Geeks Network, and Rich does a great job. Rich, you are now my go-to for Windows News. So I listen to you first, awesome. then Thanks. I head over and listen to Windows Weekly. It's a little bit longer, and I put them on like nine speed so I can get <laughs> through it. I listen to you on 1.1 because you talk fast already. Yeah, I'm already a fast talker, I know. And so it, uh, you, but you blow through it, 20 to 25 minutes worth of Windows news there. Again, Observe Tech Podcast. You can find Rich at windowsobserver.com. He's writing for SuperSite for Windows. You can find him on Twitter at WinOBS. Rich, thanks for uh, you thanks should, for having me on. Guys. Follow you right now because I think it's going to be a super busy news cycle for you guys. This next forward. couple weeks is going to be pumped. We've yeah. got a very extensive content. Uh, calendar ready to go on the super site that we're going to cover from front to back, top to bottom, everything about Windows 10 and the anniversary update. And uh, at WinOBS is the best channel to pick up what I'm doing. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's exciting times, except if you're in the insider build. You're already pretty close you're to pretty what's coming close out. You're pretty close to the finish line, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. This is what's crazy about the insiders, right? The day comes. It's super anticlimactic because we, we already have it, exactly. and we've been messing around with it for months, right? Exactly. And so everybody's like, oh, the good news is, is there's hundreds, millions maybe, uh, hundreds of thousands, millions, whatever, of insiders to help those who are making yep. the... Uh, very much. Is that going to be an automatic update for most people? It is an automatic update. On home systems, Windows 10 Home, pro systems, could people can choose to delay updates, but on Windows 10 Home, it's an automatic update. And it's pretty different. I'm, I mean, it looks the same, but you get a ton more. I mean, the start yeah. menu it kind of changes, and the, we're getting closer to that kind of touch screen control panel that, that's less Windows 7 and more Windows 10. Yeah, we're so. making that. You know, they went back and caught back up, to, caught, got Windows 7 back in early last year when they released the initial build, and now we're seeing them really start to merge the two bot processes of Windows 7, Windows 8, and bringing the best of all of it. Well, so it's setting, a great OS. The settings. We could spend a whole show just going through the oh, changes yeah. in the settings and the oh, yeah. more settings they've gotten out there and. 
So lots of stuff coming up. Well, Rich, thanks for giving us 45 minutes. I oh, not a problem, it. man. And uh, great talking to you. We'll catch up to you after the Windows, uh, after the uh, the uh, August 2nd launch, and uh, see if you still have any hair left. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Take care. Right, Take care, man. Thanks for joining us. Mike, uh, this is going to be kind of a, a different way of, of we've never done this before, is that we interviewed, and, and Rich, if you want to drop off, you can. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I do that. <laughs> upper, yeah, there he goes. Um, we've never done an interview that we pre-recorded. Right, we're, yes. we're not an odd situation. Yeah, we're not going to play it in tonight, uh, but if you're listening to the recorded version, you're going to hear it here in a second. Because we're going to just kind of, I'm going to stick it, I'm going to edit right into the audio and you're going to hear it. But last week, Mike and I got together before the show, before we talked with Edward and talked about Bitcoin. If you haven't heard that one, very interesting update on Bitcoin. You can go back and hear that. But Ben Chu, he's a director of Kangaroo Product Marketing there. Also, one of the, I think one of their engineers, and he's kind of, I think... Mike, didn't you get the impression he's kind of the guy? He's the guy. He's right? the guy. He wears a lot of hats over there. I mean, he is, when you have something over there, you go to him. He's yeah. the Ben's a good guy and and willing to. He's kind of the one that makes all the public appearances and talks about you know talk about what's going on with the kangaroo. Of course, kangaroo is an in focus product, and yes, they're the ones that make the projectors and some of those kinds of things. If you haven't uh, checked it out yet, we've done a couple interviews and reviews on this kangaroo product. Head out to theaverageguy.tv and then in in the search bar, just put in kangaroo, and you'll see. I think it was two. I can't remember. We had been on back in the spring, maybe, Mike? Do you think? When when did, was that yeah, late, late back last right year? Yeah, beginning of the year. Yeah. Or, yeah, maybe it was right. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. Isn't that funny how time goes by? Yeah, and you, you, you can't remember. But it was sometime when it was cold out, I can tell you that. Well, it's in Nebraska. That's a long time. It's a very, it's like a Although, hour. global warming is getting shorter. Gosh. Getting, and as hot as it is Today, right now out there. Oh, good Blazing. God. Good God. Well, Mike and I sat down with uh, with Ben. We did about a 20-minute interview. We're going to play that in right now. That's going to make this an extra-long podcast, so we won't spend too much time on the live show going. But here's Ben, and uh, here's our update on the Kangaroo PC. All right, we are talking with Ben Chu. He is back from InFocus, and we uh, we were talking about the Kangaroo Pro. Uh, yes. InFocus was kind enough to send me a review unit of that. If you guys remember uh, from our podcasts, the original kangaroo that came out uh, last year, 2015, we shipped over to Mike Weger over there. Mike, you've been running the the regular kangaroo, right? With the with the the old school adapter or the old school um, dock the that's in there. I love it. It was the computer that got me into Windows 10, and then I've been in the Insider Preview program on it, and everything's been running great. I, I just love being able to. It's a perfect form factor to take around. I utilize the iPad as a screen all the time, so I've been a huge fan of the first gen. So I'm excited tonight to hear about the new yeah. Pro model. So great. cool. So Ben, welcome back. Uh, glad that Thanks. you did it. We're doing this a little unconventional. We're interviewing you actually pre the show, but uh, you've been a busy guy. Can you catch us up a little bit? Just uh, what's going on with the Kangaroo? You released the Pro back in in April. You guys have been very busy. Just kind of give me the, a quick update on what's going on within Focus and the Kangaroo. Right. So basically, we've been trying to keep up with the uh, interest that uh, uh, seems to have been generated, obviously from the launch. And again, a lot of interest around the additional docs and trying to upgrade some of the capabilities, some of the functionality that was in the original version. And clearly the, the biggest demand was um, having additional ports, uh, additional storage. And so we, you know, we had something in the works for probably a few months, but um, you know, we finally were able to launch the uh, Kangaroo Pro in April. And I think 
uh, it meets most of those demands now. So we've got some additional um, VGA, Ethernet, uh, as well as a USB port, and then the uh, additional hard drive or just a two and a half inch hard drive bay. So if you want additional storage, you can now just basically uh, purchase your own hard drive or, or SSD and then plug it right in. So it's uh, hopefully meeting most of everybody's requirements. Yeah, have you been hearing back from the customer? I mean, certainly you get some feedback uh, from them. Are sure. they? Has the feedback been good? Is that indeed what they've been looking for? I mean, from my standpoint, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of features, but what are you guys hearing? Right, so we, we've, we've kind of gotten into this uh, dilemma to some extent where you, you as you expect, you know, when you've got a uh, product out there now for almost a year, a, a kind of a couple of different segments out there, right? I think on the consumer side, for sure, uh, there's there's definitely the uh, I think interest in having these additional ports. The question mark is around okay some of the other maybe vertical segments or on the commercial side, and so it's sort of a mixed uh, feeling at this point. There's some interest still to see the additional um, you know again the additional uh, storage and, and ports, but on the other hand, there's always sort of this pushback. Hey, it's probably more than what some people want, and they just simply wanted the original, and so we're in this transition period to some extent on, okay, how do we satisfy at least the, the majority of, of those uh, those customers? So we're, we're kind of going through some internal debate ourselves on how do we want to position this as we go through for the rest of the year. Yeah, and the original dock, uh, Mike, the one that you're running, uh, what are the ports on that, Mike? Uh, those ones are going to be HDMI and then a USB 3 and a USB 2 and then power. Okay, and right. so, and then the new dock that you're talking about is the one that I'm showing right here. So nice little pockets. I, yeah. I always call it kind of a pocket dock because that's right. kind of the way it looks. So the kangaroo portion, in fact, is still turned on. Batteries on on this yep. thing, which is kind of cool. I just disconnected it. We have it up in the kitchen now, and so right. we can just pull the unit out. This is the this is the non-dock portion of it, the computer portion. Nothing's right. changed with this, right? Same specs. Identical. Right. Identical. identical. And right. so the difference is, is we got this, we have the L-shaped dock, or the pocket dock, as I like to call it. And you mentioned a VGA, HDMI, uh, a new mic, my, or I'm sorry, a new speaker. Yeah, audio this port, is speaker right. only, right? Or, or can I put, can I get a mic out of here? Uh, uh, actually, if you've got it on the uh, headphone piece, I think it should work fine. That's my understanding. So there's the three, the three ring TSSR or whatever that is in there? I, would, I believe so. Well, That's my okay, understanding. Okay, good. That'd be great. I'll have to give that a test yes. uh, because the configuration we're going to use this in uh, here is upstairs in the kitchen. We're going to make it a kitchen PC, and I want to uh, talk to it with Cortana. So right. we want to exactly. do that. We have to have a mic, and so I'll have to get a. I'll have to rig something up to kind of make that work. Then on the bottom, right. power, uh, yep. and then two USB, uh, two USB two ports down here. Right. right. Ethernet. It's got built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Right. As we look at the side, your USB 3 port is on the side there. Comes right. with the comes. Oh no, that's I was going to say. It comes with this, but that's on this side. So yeah. we won't talk right. about that. And then the hard drive uh, is is kind of buried in the back here. Actually, fairly easy to get to. Two screws, and you pop this off. Right. And have you gotten any? Have you gotten any feedback when I was removing these screws to put in? And we won't do this live, but yeah. when I was removing these two screws. And I used a, a little screwdriver to kind of lift right. that off. It's kind of tight, and yeah, so I so, felt like I might break it if I if I push too hard. It did come off just fine though. Right, and this is this is the interesting uh, you could call it user testing because we we pushed this back to the uh, engineering guys and said, hey, you know, can we make it a little easier? And you know, this is a debate on all these kinds of devices because their comment back was, well, 
how how easy you want to make it because isn't it that the point that you don't want to make it so easy that it it just pops out right and so it's like hey you know maybe, maybe these guys know what they're talking about so we we kind of went and said okay it's it's easy enough for the the one or two times right or, or uh, the, the first time you put one in, but the intent is not to make it so that yeah. it's so easy it pops off on its own. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of the route we took. Yeah, no, and my only concern on that, and the only complaint I would have, is I felt yes. like I might break it. Yeah, um, that's it's true. Just a, just a tough pull. And I was right. I was confident. I was like, well, okay, certainly they would have not made a cover that would have broken uh, right. me taking it off. So right. And sure enough, you give it that little you give it that little pull, Push, and it just right. pops out. Right, yeah. just pops out for me just fine, and then four more screws on the inside. There's a metal plate. That's right. Um, if if a lot of our listeners are familiar with IC Dock uh, style hard drive enclosures, and right. the, it it looks just like that on the inside. Put the drive right. in, slide it down, put the plate back over four screws, snap the cover back in two screws, and you're in business. I have a that's 250 right. gig spinner that's in here, it, okay. but spinner SSD doesn't matter, right? As long that's as it's right. the 9 millimeter or 9.5 or something yes. millimeter that's or right. less. That's, that's right. Okay. right. Very cool. Yep. And um, oh, one of the other things I also realized too, that hard drive won't activate unless it's plugged in. So battery that's only. That's right. That's right. Battery yeah, it's got to be okay. plugged in. That's right. Because I was like, where did it go? I know I right. put that thing in there That's right. several That's times, right. and it does require the power uh, That's right. to, kind of, to kind of make that work. A um, couple configuration questions for you. So one, can I use US, I'm sorry, can I use HDMI and VGA at the same time and run dual monitors? Yeah, that was one of the other topics that uh, was under discussion initially of, you know, can we do a dual display or extended display? And the requirement was to keep it at as low a price point as possible so we ended up not doing the the dual display and again this is a question mark going forward is it something that you know can we add and, and certainly it's something we could do I, I think it's just a question mark of, of how much demand is there for this type of uh, product in this segment you know for the dual display and again it's it's very much use case specific you know we've gotten a lot of pushback that hey maybe for thin client in some financial services type in, uh, environments where they really do want all the screen space that they can get they they do want the dual display but again if it's uh, more of a media content or you know Roku Apple TV type thing that's sitting next to a large screen television it's not really that's really not uh, going to be a big driver and so again you know we try to Meet as many of the demands as possible. There's always uh, some trade-offs there. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, from that standpoint, I could see in a work environment if I was going to use these. You know, one of the right use cases is pull. You know, have this at work and have that exactly. other dock at home. That's right. Um, I would use a dual screen at work. Right. Uh, it would really handy to have that. And I think from a from an enterprise standpoint, you get a, they're not quite as Price conscious as far as you know, right. I mean they are, but they're not, right? I, that's I, right. I might pay fifty or sixty more bucks or to get the dual screen. That's right. That's you know, I could do dual screen today with. I imagine if I plugged a USB three hub into it, that power goes to well. That's true. That one, so that's another true. way of adding yep. to it as well. That's right. So okay, so good. What about um, one of my other use cases was uh, to power it with a USB three maybe like a 16-inch USB monitor only, so no VGA, right. no HDMI. Would I be able to do that in a, in a touchscreen USB monitor um, configuration? Do you know? I, I, think, I think you can. Um, I haven't tested it myself. I, I, don't, I don't recall seeing it come up as, a, as, a, as, a, as an use case requirement, but yeah. that, 
I, I assume is powered through the USB port itself, yep. so there should be no 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 issue there. Okay. Okay, that's good. Mike loves on the original one. He's got an iPad, so he continues right. to use the iPad monitor. Mike, is that still working for you to, to yeah, use the iPad on that? It works perfectly. I love it. It's uh, for travel-wise. It's kind of nice when I'm. I don't want to take a full laptop with me. Right. That with the iPad, throw it in there. It's tiny form factor, and if I need that full desktop experience for any reason. Oftentimes, it's for me typing papers and stuff like that. If I just want that desktop experience, that's what I've been doing, and it works flawlessly. Right. Yeah, we, we also introduced a uh, iPhone uh, version. So, again, it's, it's uh, in my opinion, a uh, question mark for those of us who are nearsighted or <laughs> challenged <laughs> by vision. But uh, it's, it's also now available, and we'll also uh, update it with uh, Wi-Fi. So you can basically do it without having to go through uh, directly through the, the lightning port uh, as a lightning cable. So some other options. Uh, there's slightly uh, there's an in-app purchase requirement. They're not uh, part of the free version, but uh, you know there, there's some other uh, you know versions uh, to consider now. Our um, our current Ben our current use case as I'm I've taken this to the kitchen and we're actually going to make this a kitchen PC. So I'm going to mount I'm going right. to get a 24 a 24 inch touchscreen. Um, right. That will come out HDMI, and it'll have a USB plug-in, so it's perfect from that standpoint. Right. Kitchen is not wired, so we use the Wi-Fi. I actually yep. have it up in the kitchen right now, and, and that that's working uh, just fine. Small footprint, so this could easily, uh, with double-sided tape, stick to <laughs> right. the wall. So that's that's kind of we're going to double-side the back, uh, the sure. back piece, and stick yep. that to the wall, secure yep. it to the wall, and then. Of course, the PC will just cradle nicely, uh, right, right, right in there, and and hold yeah. that as well. Um, uh, that's to me, that seems like a really convenient configuration to use something for like this. If I, again, if I, um, and can I can I purchase the the smaller docks now separately? Are those those are available for me for like forty bucks or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, those those have okay. been available. Yeah, and so this so, is a push from some of the customers is to. Okay, you know those of uh, us who still just want the the simple dock, or as the kangaroo dock originally, you, you can definitely now proliferate those and put them wherever you want, right? That's that was always the intent. Yeah, and so it would be like it could be in the kitchen, and then for in Mike's case, uh, when we travel, this can become right. our travel PC as well. So, right, flip it out, flip it out of the main dock. I don't need all the drives. I don't That's need right. all these pieces. Flip, right. you know, literally take it out. It's still right. running. Right. Uh, take it in the car. And Mike, in your case, right, plug the regular dock in, connect it to the iPad, boom, I'm off That's and running. Exactly. Right? Well, now I didn't even know about the iPhone part of that. I, I think I would actually use my phone more than anything. Now if I don't have to carry the iPad too, I can right. just have this and have it as a, you know, as an option. As you said, right. maybe an eye constraint wouldn't be good for long-term use, but if you need That's it right. in a snap, you've got it. That's right. Right. Ben, what other kind of um, what kind of use case scenarios, interesting ones? I'm sure some of the customers, because it's a very kind of, I think it's a very um, innovative form factor in what you guys are trying yeah. to do. What right. what are you seeing? Are, are you seeing other companies? Are you seeing other folks? Are they sharing some of the more innovative ways they're using it in a key, in a kiosk mode or in travel or what other kinds of things are you seeing? Well, certainly there, there's been interest on the digital signage uh, sector to, to try and use this as a kind of one-stop, uh, kind of more of a again entry-level type device instead of something that's more like an Intel Nook device. So there, there's been some uh, preliminary feedback on pu pushing that out to uh, again uh, more vertical commercial installations, uh, digital signage or 
even digital whiteboard type applications where basically you know just stick it behind a big screen um, and it becomes a smart uh, whiteboard now basically because it's, it's, it can power through Windows obviously. Um, there's been other interests on from the education side where again just as the intended model was to have it next to large screens and uh, a couple of uh, classrooms that have come back to us saying hey you know we'd love to um, use this with a um, some software that was only Windows based and so their collaboration model was they would have students or uh, like fifth graders basically around large displays or uh, like 32 inch televisions and basically they would kind of swap their their modules in between their um, uh, displays so basically they could each, each student could show their work so I, again I, I think this is giving people an opportunity to, to just test out different ways to use it right so there's there's no hey it's got to be you know case a which is it's got to sit next to your desk or I mean your desktop monitor or it's got to be next to a, a you know large screen television and more as a media center I think there's definitely different applications I, I think the kitchen one that you're talking about uh, is basically another one which will come up especially with like you're saying with Cortana I think that's a, that's a great uh, use case that uh, probably will become more prevalent obviously with um, with Windows 10 you know with the update coming out soon yeah well one of the things we are of course with the anniversary update that's coming up this summer you get some inking capabilities and so in Windows yeah. 10 and so I want to go with the touchscreen in the kitchen we are also setting right. up a family uh, family calendar that uh, people yes. can send events to and it will automatically accept them and put them on the calendar for us and we can move exactly. that around. Weather has been a big, like I want to have, there's some some really interesting Windows 10 weather apps that uh, yes. look beautiful and they look, you know, yes. currently we have this paired with a non-touch 24-inch monitor up in the kitchen right. and they look beautiful on that screen uh, yes. and so from, from that standpoint, uh, uh, really well. A lot of our guys in the community pushed back a little bit when we first started talking about this because the Windows version is still only at 2 gig of RAM. And, yeah. and there's a lot of speculation around exactly why it's a licensing, a Windows licensing, if you put 4 gig, because I still think 4 gigs a better Windows configuration. Are you yeah. able to talk a little bit about why 2 gig versus 4 and what you're seeing in that space? Yeah, I mean, the, the licensing is, is the driver behind that because um, the policy from, from Microsoft is very explicit about what, um, what specs are... are kind of uh, required in order to have a uh, slightly lower uh, price point on, on the OS. So anything that's 4 gigs and, um, uh, and above is, is pushing us towards a full price version. So that uh, presents a bit of a dilemma uh, in the, uh, you know, the initial uh, push for a uh, very, <laughs> I would call it slightly ridiculous price uh, to, to kind of capture some, some attention. And, and I think, again, we're, we're you know we're we're doing that now, but uh, I think that's something that that's not something that makes sense uh, with with a four gig um, installation or configuration. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's too bad. I, I wish. Yeah. For me personally, I think that four gig is a better experience on Windows 10, and I know Windows 10 is getting more efficient, and they're doing things as they drive kind of their mobile implementation, and there's some other pieces associated with that that make it right. better. Um, so, but have you looked at Windows Mobile at all on on in this kind of configuration as far as putting different chips in there and maybe going with the Windows 10 Mobile build as opposed to a uh, full version of Windows? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you guys are probably uh, well up to date, but uh, as you can imagine, there's there's some speculation about w what's the longevity on Windows Mobile in general, right? And so yeah. oh, uh, I sure. think that's sure. that's going to be uh, something that might be a little too too dicey to, to, to go chase at this point. Um, I mean, we do offer, for instance, like a, a 4 gig, 64 gig without OS, right? For those of you who are uh, inclined, that, that is available. It's been out there for, for quite a while. 
And again, I, I think the, the interest is really around more, okay, what, what's the, again, what, what do people really want to do with this device, right? And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how going forward with uh, August uh, 2nd, I think, uh, public availability, right, of the update, how, how much, uh, uh, actually, how much pain is there? Because I, it's funny because um, I, I personally run into uh, some challenge when updating, certainly with some of the, um, the fast build, uh, previews and uh, it's it's been a little frustrating because you could imagine that Windows or Microsoft would be aware of those situations where hey it's only a two gig thirty two gig uh, uh, configuration they they seem to always want to push you to use uh, you know the the all the space right so it's mm -hmm. it's uh, and and we have had people who complain that hey I can't install the previews or the the updates because of uh, the limited storage and uh, you know you, well, the the usual reaction is 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 okay. Well, you could just install a, or put in a USB uh, thumb drive or uh, install you know a, a external hard drive, and they usually give you the option to you know add that as a as a choice. Yeah. But people at times just you know they they're they're not well, recognizing that. But if they're so, on the inside ring and they're pushing those updates, they're smart enough right. to be able to right. overcome those problems. So you would I think, you would yeah. think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have a lot of sympathy for him, Ben. I'm not gonna lie. I'm an insider. <laughs> we we are because yeah. I'm just like, come on, guys. You're IT pros. If you're running the insider right. build, you're IT pros. You you're smarter than this. You can yeah, you can figure right. it out. That's we right. are running, or I am running the insider build right now. So this has yes. the most current build, and it's 15 whatever. I forget that. I can't. I'm having trouble keeping up with the numbers, but yeah, it, it's it's got the latest update. Uh, so it's got the great the 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 new enhanced features in Cortana. Though right. I haven't messed with it yet because I didn't know about the I didn't know about the audio plug, so we're going to get a good a good look at that one. Uh, but some of the other features, I've run it non-touch, so I haven't been able to take yeah. advantage of some of the sticky note and the, some of the drawing That's things. Right. Those those kinds of things will come up. I will say this: it actually runs really well. Right. Right. So whatever they're doing, this anniversary build that's coming up here on August second, I think is going to run pretty well on these devices. Uh, you guys have to be it, fairly it excited about that. Indeed, indeed. I mean, it's it's always good to to have uh, some uh, you know new versions gonna you know be promoted. Certainly, I think um, this one's uh, been long uh, you know sought after since the the last one in November. So it's 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 good it's good to see. Yeah, well, that's good. I, we're excited when we had you on. Nine months ago, I think it yeah. was something like that. You right. had mentioned we, we pushed you a little bit about new configurations, and you were you were uh, you didn't you didn't give away the store, which was good. You're not <laughs> supposed to do that. Uh, right. You had hinted there were maybe some more some some more things coming. So when we saw the pro and those pieces of the pro, I was really excited that uh, because I, I love your form factor. I think yeah. this is I really do think this is kind of the future in some ways of where we're headed. That's when right. We think, when we think about computing in a, in a small space, and then you just plug them in and make it kind of work the way for you. Anything from uh, and I'm you know again, I want to ask you to give away the store, but as you think about uh, things coming up in the future, anything you can talk about that would uh, as a community's looking at this that would be interesting to us. No, I think um, without again giving away too much, I think what you've touched upon is is something that's been recognized by Intel and Microsoft. So we've been very closely partnered with them all this uh, past couple of years, and I think the the success that you've seen and and uh, experienced for, with the interest in the product has definitely um, I think swayed their opinions on the whole modularity concept. And I think you'll be seeing this over the next um, you know six to twelve months similar type uh, of, a, of an approach 
maybe not exactly 100% um, identical to what you've seen with the, the current form factor, but it's very much in that same vein. So I, I think this is something that uh, perhaps uh, is is the wave of the future, right? Is that that in order to kind of spark the innovation and in, in, or re reignite maybe is a better way to put it, the you know the the PC uh, industry. It's gotten you know, again the mini PC segment is by far the the most uh, innovative because people are trying different things and you know there's just interest in in wanting to see different form factors. And I think Intel and Microsoft uh, definitely are, are going to try and push that as, as we, uh, you know, as we explore other other options. So I think that's that's going to be great over the next uh, few quarters. Yeah. Uh, one last question from an update standpoint. Certainly, the chips are changing all the time yeah. when we think about what's going on, on the inside. You've been running a, a fairly standard, uh, you know, Atom chip that's in there. Right. Any any future uh, anything future you can talk about from an Intel from a chipset standpoint coming up? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm sure you've seen right the uh, the announcement earlier. I think it was uh, maybe May timeframe about Intel's decision on on the Atom in general, and so that had raised some questions with some users about what's the what's the plan going forward. Um, all I can say at this point is that we're sticking with Cherry Trail. There's no decision on hey, it's going to go end of life or hey, it's going to transition into some future version. And a lot of that's very much in in question on exactly timing of uh, future. Uh, the future roadmap. So at this point, we're we're sticking with it, and and no no major changes expected. So just to kind of lay any fears about you know hey where where are things headed. Yeah. No, and I don't think uh, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I mean things change. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of things going on in that world of uh, of processors. Yes. And some interesting things. Uh, Intel certainly in some of the newer processors, I don't think has been as stable as we would all hope for. That's right. Uh, and some of those things, and, and with some of their new chips, and the mobile has been particularly bad. And when we yes. think about the small right. form factor chips and and some of those things that are going on there, so indeed, maybe good, uh, maybe a good, um, you know, maybe a good stance to to be in to just say, hey, let's let's go with what works, and we're going to kind of keep it there. We're really trying to stabilize right. the platform and keep it keep it that way. Mike, anything That's you right. want to add? I think I, I, I think I'm good on questions, but anything you want to add before we let Ben go? Yeah, no, you really covered a lot of it. I'm just excited to see where this kind of goes in the future, and I think a lot of the stuff you gave us kind of keeps us excited, like you did yeah. last time, keeps us right. excited about the future, and okay. I can't wait. I've been talking to Jim. I want to try out that ProDoc at some point, so someday I might have to test it out for a week and then give it back to him, because I know he's not giving it up for good, but uh, maybe, I, maybe I can snag it for a week. Ben, is the ProDoc available on its own? Yeah, that was the other biggest request now that you know it's been out there for probably... Uh, a few, well, three months now, right? And and we're still debating this internally because the the problem that we're having is when when you look at the pricing on the original one, it it, it makes it kind of a question mark on how do we position the the bundle. And so we're we're still working through that. We're thinking that we might um, move into that sort of standalone version, perhaps in in the holiday season. But uh, nothing nothing official at this point. Okay. Okay. Well, I will. Um, Mike will have to bring his kangaroo over to my house, and uh, <laughs> right. they'll have to there just set it in the dock. And then that's kind of cool, though. Mike could give you a chance to mess with it on a big touch screen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and 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 you know, an interesting use case too, Ben. When you think about this, of uh, one dock and multiple devices, uh, sure. what what does that mean? If I'm you know, if I'm in a household and everybody has their own, you know, everybody has their own device. That that's. Yes, you, you've touched on exactly where we've always wanted to take this, right, is that you, you now have a, a, a shared device that's, or I should say the dock is the shared portion that very much, in, you know, you can 
just swap, uh, you know, your 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 child or the parent or friends, right? Basically, that becomes the the de facto sort of plug, right? And that that then is just universal, right? That's what, sort of what we had always hoped to do at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost like building the dock into a monitor, right? And you just come That's up right. to a slide, you know, you slide in. I think when, uh, Microsoft is trying to that concept with Continuum. Yes. Uh, on mobile. Now, I, they don't have enough traction on the mobile side to actually make Continuum, I think, work. It's a great yeah. concept. But right. there's, you have the devices aren't getting any traction. So, That's right. But, That's but right. I think you guys have a Continuum-like product here, which we right. think about it, right? I mean, it's... That, that was very much at the very, very, at the very beginning. That was very much part of the, the concept was to have this, uh, and you, you hit it right on the nose, is a Continuum-type device. It becomes your one, <laughs> the one device to rule them all kind of thing, right? Yeah. No. Well, one device, and then, you know, I might have around the house multiple monitors with right. different configurations, and I I go where I want the monitor configuration as opposed to going where I want to use the PC. I just you know pull it out of my pocket. That's right. Put it in there, and and uh, that's right. And I'm, and I'm good to go. And if I get in a situation, I mean, I could think if I was traveling somewhere and I wanted to take this, and it wasn't going to go in a dock for a while. Certainly, I can plug it into the charger right. and keep that battery active and and charged. That's right. For, for various purposes. I, mean, I can't. It's hard for me to think of too many scenarios where this doesn't work for me. Ben, I've even I've even thought like I get in my car and I'm like, how could I come up with a dock that would attach to my sound system in right. the car and make this thing, you know, be able to take it with me? And when it's in the car, it goes into you know goes because it's got everything I need. That's yeah. right. That's uh, right. So. So there's some thoughts for you if you're coming up with a, a car adapter. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you're not working on it. <laughs> if you are, we'd love to see one of those. Well, Indeed. Ben, thanks okay. for, I know you've been super busy, and thanks for taking the time to, things must be great. If you're busy, things must be great. So thanks oh. for taking the time out to be a part of this. And we appreciate you guys, you uh, and your staff uh, yeah. there with Kangaroo have been very supportive uh, here at theaverageguy.tv and making sure We've got the right gear, and we appreciate it because we can talk about it a ton, and it fits right. in our gadget uh, infrastructure very, very well. So thanks for having your crew take care of us. And, uh, and if as, as things progress, we'd always Absolutely. love you got stuff uh, you want to talk about. I know your staff contacted me when the Pro came out, and they yeah. were like, hey. And I'm like, yes. Great. <laughs> and, uh, and they've been good to Mike as well, so we appreciate yep. it. No, thanks for having me on, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys. Thanks again. You bet. Ben, we'll let you go, man. Thank okay. you. I appreciate Alrighty. it. Have a great evening, Thanks. Mike. Hang tight for one sec. Alrighty. Have a great Alrighty. evening. Take care. Thanks. All right. Well, that was a pretty good interview, Mike, that we had with Ben. Anything um, from the interview, as you remember, we're doing this a week later, but any additional thoughts that you had um, around the kangaroo? You're still using yours. You've got the smaller dock. I've got the larger one. We talked all about that, but anything else that we need to cover? I think just overall, I like the direction they're going. I think after we had the first interview with him and the second interview... You know, I, you always kind of worry after you see a great product, you really like it. The first one came out, we used it, I loved it, that maybe it wouldn't sell as well or they had to change things or they don't want to move forward with it. But I think as we talked to Ben, man, they're just excited about it. They keep having ideas for the future. We saw the second generation of it. It was a success. People like it. And so I think for me, I just like seeing that it's not stopping. It's definitely continuing and going forward and that I like seeing them have the success they've had. I think it's a great thing because I think it is an amazing product. It's been one of my favorite products that I've had technology-wise in the past few years and I think that says a lot because I've owned a lot of different technology pieces and a lot of Apple products and uh, the Kangaroo has definitely, for me, been my favorite tech product. Yeah. It's been good. It's up in the kitchen now. We're, ma we've, we're making it the kitchen PC and 
couple of weeks, I'm actually going to order a large 24-inch touchscreen that will go on the wall, and then we'll we'll sticky tape the uh, the kangaroo, and when uh, you know, and we've got the uh, the mount or the uh, uh, what do we call those things? The uh, what are we calling that thing? The dock. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I totally dock. lost my mind there for a second. Where you were going. Yeah, I'm like what, what? What do we call that thing? <laughs> we uh, I'm, we're gonna you know I'm gonna attach the walk the dock to the wall. And uh, and it'll sit right behind the screen, so you'll never even see it. And we'll hide those those uh, you know all those wires up behind it. And then the idea is that it's kind of the kitchen center. So you come in and you can check the weather, you can check the mail. We've we had a family account set up uh, using Outlook, so that that machine needed a new login, so it'd have its own login. So we have a Collison family account on Outlook that will go there, and you can send meeting requests, which is kind of cool. If I'm at work and I want to include the family calendar. I just include that email address in with a meeting request, and then from time to time, we just go through the email and accept those invites, and it automatically moves it to the calendar. That's a great way to do it. I didn't think of that. That's fantastic. Super cool. And the new Microsoft calendar that's in Windows 10 includes the weather as well. So it projects out three days uh, on the calendar with the weather, and you can add all holidays, or you can merge calendars. You can get different kinds of calendars on there if you want. It's pretty cool, and so it's going to become the kitchen PC and go up on the wall. Replace. We had kind of a whiteboard calendar up there before, and uh, with a little tack board. And Sarah's going to just get a separate tack board, you know, to put next to it, so we can put notes and things like that up there. And then it up on the wall it goes. So we're just kind of waiting for. I just haven't ordered the the touchscreen yet, but that's uh, oh, it's about three hundred bucks for that touchscreen, Mike. That's when you're talking three times the price of the computer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it, you know, it's one of those things we're looking forward to, and it will replace. It'll have a very, very, very useful function. Sarah's working now, and so our schedules have gotten even busier, and uh, so the ability just to be able to send invites to it for those, I can create those on my work calendar and then send them to the home calendar, and she can kind of do the same thing on her phone. Yeah, we're kind of looking forward to that. So, and I've been thinking about making mine a uh, guest room PC, kind of like a computer you can put in there, because we have people stay with us all the time, and you know, checking stuff, or if they ever need to use a computer, they could use it there. But eventually, I want to do the same thing and have it be somewhere centrally located in the home. Uh, but you're right, the touch screen is the way to go if you're going to do that. Yeah, no, very good. So, if you're listening live, uh, you'll need to go back and listen to the recorded version for that. We we broadcast that live last week, but we did not broadcast it where you could hear it. So you have to come back and listen to the show. Sorry about that. Uh, it's just one of the things we're going to do tonight. I want to hear it all over again. But uh, you can uh, if you you can just fast forward to that part when I release it this weekend, and have a listen to it. Mike, you had a really awesome experience with the. With the Apple Store today, I loved hearing it only because, no, I'm, I'm kidding. It didn't really end up great for you, but talk a little bit about it because it's one of those tech, it's not an Apple thing, it's a tech guy thing. So. It, it is to, it's a total yeah. tech guy thing. It's something that you're going to run into if you ever deal with any sort of warranties. So um, sure enough, over the past two weeks, my iMac, to make a long story short, has been crashing, like completely crashing, almost as if you just pulled the power cord completely black, and it was happening during circum- certain circumstances, so I got on the phone with Apple Care, and throughout the last week and a half, we've been, I've probably on the, been on the phone with them five or six times, sending them data, collecting data, sending it to them. Their engineers have been looking at it. They can't find any problems with the code, what would be causing it to crash, memory leaks, all that sort of stuff. 
So eventually today they said, you know what, just take it to the Apple store. I think it is hardware. We can kind of, you know, we've done all this stuff. So I have this case ID with Apple that is just pages long. When I got to the Apple store, he was scrolling like, oh my gosh, you've done a lot of work with this in the past week. I said, yeah. So he started looking at it and he said, okay, don't worry about it. You are three months out of Apple Care, but Apple's notorious for counting you in. Okay, you're three months out. We'll still put you under Apple Care. I was like, awesome. They're like, we're going to do the service for you for free. Don't worry about it. I was like, perfect. He goes out, he comes back, he's like, better yet, how would you like a new computer? I can replace your computer for you. But that was after you like, and, and I <clears throat> podcast about it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't pull any cards, I didn't say anything. All right, and, uh, all right. No, I, and so he comes out, he's like, well, how would you like a new computer? We can just replace it. And I'm wondering if it was because of how much work we done with the Apple Care Center. I wonder if they were actually intrigued with what was going on. That would yeah. be my guess, is they really want to take a deep look into it. So I said, oh, that's even better. So I'm extremely excited. We're going through. He's like, all right, let me just pull some stuff from the purchase and uh, when you originally purchased it and everything like that. And also he's looking, he's like, was this a made-to-order machine? I was like, mm, no. He's like, okay, I'm seeing some non-standard stuff. And uh, he's like, did you do any work to upgrade this machine? I was like, well, yeah, I upgraded the RAM and I added an SSD. And all of a sudden, just like slam on the brakes, pump the brakes, you opened the iMac, which on these computers uh, you have, requires a lot of unsealing of glue, and it was a fun home project to do, but apparently that will definitely void any sort of Apple Care that you have with them. So I went from having my repairs paid for to getting a new computer back down to we can't fix any of this, we can't give you any discounts, you're going to have to pay to fix it, or uh, they, they were going to give me a very nice discount on the on a new computer. But so yeah, long story short, I guess, you know, with this sort of stuff, whenever you are doing your own home replacements or anything like that, and for them, you know, their thing is, hey, we seal that for a reason. We want to be able to count out anything you did. So um so yeah, that completely negated it. Now, looking back, my honesty sometimes gets me in trouble. Uh, if you wanted to kind of try and get away with it, you could always put back in the old hard drive, uh, kind of make it look as back to normal as possible and see if they catch it. But, you know, that's just not the way I, I really do much. I figured, okay, let's try and see what they'll do. So on the upside, though, of today, we did come home and just as a latch-ditch Hail Mary effort, we completely wiped the hard drive, re-put on the OS, and it's been running fine. I opened up iMovie, which was what was causing the issue in the past, and uh, have gotten through a good 30 minutes of editing with no crash. So we will see where it goes from here, but yeah, traditional tech guy story of a um, a trip to the Apple Store gone wrong. Well, that can happen anywhere, and uh, yeah. although you know it, it probably only happened because Apple's probably the most generous. When we think about buying their hardware, they're the most generous in support. Oh, they are extremely generous. They are and they generous. tried so hard working with me, trying to do anything they possibly could. He went back there, and he had the whole management team in the back of the store. I saw him walk around, grab every single one of them from the store. They went back, and he's like, I, we tried to think of any possible way we could do those fixes for you. He goes, I understand you're a tech guy. You did it. You just replaced it. You didn't think that it would void anything. He goes, we feel really bad. And so they were... They honestly did try everything, and I think if they could have done absolutely anything, they probably would have, but pretty easy to tell that it's a non-standard hard drive in there. When they ran the test, it's just a big red X on the hard drive, and then a big red X on the RAM. And he's like, the RAM is fine because it's a user-accessible port. We expect you to do that. Yeah. Uh, we don't expect you to cut the glue and really get into the iMac. So. Uh, we, we've also had a warranty, not a tech gadget, but we bought a Pella front door t uh, nine years and uh, ten months ago. 
and they have 10-year warranties. And the other day, I was out messing with the door or something. We were talking to somebody. And as I shut the door, I heard a little flapping. And I thought, that's kind of weird. And so I opened the door again, and Sarah goes, oh, yeah, I didn't want to tell you, but the, the, the front of the door, you know, it's a vi not vinyl, but it's a fiberglass, uh, you know. Oh, uh, front. The front of it is a fiberglass right. with a paint embedded into it, and I mean, it's a it's it was nice when we bought it, and then it's a solid core door with a really nice window, and then solid wood on the back, and we paid we paid a lot, and they installed it, and we got the full warranties and all that other stuff, and they uh, um, so I had Sarah call, and they were like, uh, yeah, send us some pictures, and we'll talk to the, and then she called the dealer. And they're like, yep, we're just going to give you a new door. Nine really? years. Yeah, brand new door. I thought, well, they come out and fix it. Well, that 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 fiberglass piece, they actually laminate to the wood, and the laminate has, has separated for whatever okay. reason. And, you know, I was thinking somebody would come out with a little glue. And right, just, stick it back together for you. <laughs> a couple clamps. Ironically, they were supposed to put a door kick on for us, which would have gone... I, Maybe that, too, would have been glued. But in the old days, the door kick, you know, the brass door kick. Right, right at the bottom. A few brass nails would have gone in there to hold that thing. That might have held the fiberglass piece on. Now, I don't know if they nail through those. They might glue those on as well. But uh, had, those been, had those been nailed through, I may not have had this problem. But brand new door is on its way. So that's a good Pella Course in Iowa company, uh, not too far um, from us here in Nebraska. But... I've, I'm two for two on like extended warranty things. You know the, it, the Honda had that problem. It. You know you gotta know when to grab them and when not to. And yeah. Apple Care, I have to say, I fully endorse Apple Care on a computer. I think on any computer you should grab it because look what they were about to do. If I had it messed up, they yeah. were about to give me a. I'm not talking a replacement of the old model. I'm talking a brand new computer is what yeah. they were looking and helping me out with. That yeah. would have been insane. A brand new. It was gonna be an iMac with Retina display. Something. I mean, it's just crazy. So, so I, I think when you Apple at least on the computer side, on the phone side, I don't usually grab it. But on the computer side, Apple really? is definitely worth it. Yeah. There's many things that can go wrong. My my or my daughter broke her screen, and I ended up paying 180 bucks to have that fixed. Well, Apple Care would have fixed that, right? Did you go to the Apple store to have it fixed? No, we went to the. Because Apple only charges 100. Even if you don't have Apple no, Care, it's only 100. No, that's 225 now. No, I was just there last week fixing my nephews. I called him. Or not? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I just went to. We just went to the store. Really? We said he didn't have Apple Care. We said, "What can you do this for?" And they, it was one hundred and twenty-six dollars or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you know, sometimes still you do different. Still a hundred. I, you know, I had a screen protector put on. We bought some stuff, so you know, I think it's. See, but Apple Care, you pay like I want to say eighty to ninety dollars when you get it. Uh, maybe even more now, maybe $100 per phone. And then per incident, even if you crack a screen, it's not covered. You still pay the incident fee, which is like 50 or 60 bucks. Yeah. So you end up paying, you know, 150 160 It's worth it if you have two incidents, I think. But if you're only cracking your screen once or not at all, sometimes it's not really worth it. Yeah, yeah. that's good advice uh, yeah. from a phone perspective. I, again, you know, I we, we paid... Um, yeah, you're gonna pay 150. Let's just say you're gonna. Have, yeah, so somewhere. Somewhere you're gonna pay 150 bucks. Right. And so a fifty dollar deductible. Eh, blah 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 blah. It's first cracked screen we have had in a long time. So they've gotten pretty good. Uh, yeah. No. I, she didn't have a. She didn't have. I mean, she didn't have a cover on it, which I I I told her let's put a cover on. No, I don't really like those. And right. I let her, she's really careful with her phones, and I let her. She just happened to drop it and hit the corner of the register and the the heater register in the, on the floor, oh. and it hit it just perfect. Now, 
I had put a I had put a tech um, a tech armor tech screen oh, tech armor. Okay. on mine. We had actually reviewed that for tech armor way back, and I put that on. And Mike, I had it in the basket on one of those B cycles that we have here in Omaha, unprotected. Oh, yeah. Just in, I just throw it in there, and that thing was bouncing around in there, which I shouldn't. I shouldn't. You know, I've got a case. I've got a case on the back side, but the and it actually caught the corner of the tech armor screen and cracked that. But and not the screen. But not right? the screen. Oh, nice. So I ordered another tech armor. Their bullet. Their I forget what it's called. Bullet something. It sounds cool. Right. See, and yeah. I've never used those. I don't know why. And no. I don't think I've ever cracked a screen, but that I gotta find some wood. Oh, no, you but, just twisted, uh, dude. You just yeah, it. I know, but I always buy the cases that have the. It goes beyond the beyond the screen, so if it falls, it's gonna unless it hits a point like yeah. hers might have. You right. know, on the no, totally. She's got it. She's got a cover like that, and yeah. so do I. But it it hit a it hit a bolt or it hit a little lip or it hit something and cracked that. I was so glad it cracked the tech armor screen. Lifted that right off, and and the the new screens from Tech Armor, they don't have that. You know, you used to have to all have all that. You'd put this liquid on. You have to get liquid on your fingers. And right. Put that, nope. Pull it out. It's got a thing. Pull off the back. Stick it on, and you're done. Nice. And it, yeah, it's been great. So it's it's one of those. Uh, and it, they say if you don't get it right the first time, just gently peel it back off and stick it back on. And huh. um, I have. I'm kind of a Tech Armor fan. They they've got some good stuff and uh, pretty inexpensive. I think I paid twelve for it. So, pretty good. Well, with uh, playing in that extra piece, we're going to go a little long here. And so, on the at least on the uh, the live or on the recorded part, we're gonna we're gonna close it up. We'll stay around for a little bit for you guys on the live show. Remind everyone that uh, we have a new uh, Patreon link that's out there. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it allows you to support the show financially if you'd like to. Last week, I created a $1 option. You can do it one time if you want, whatever you want to do. I kind of created it because I talk about it on the podcasting show that I do with Dave Jackson. But if you're interested in financially supporting the show, that's a way to do it. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash support or theaverageguy.tv and look for the Patreon link. It's up in the right-hand corner. Uh, check that out if you're interested and do it. No pressure. Just whatever you want to do. Just, I've had in the past people say, I don't want to use your Amazon link, but I want to financially support you. And Patreon is a great way to do it. There's a one and a five dollar option. You can do it for a month or a year or whatever you want to do it. That's great. We'll appreciate you. Paul Brarin actually supports the show and and was kind enough to make a to make that Patreon uh, support link to us. So Paul, thanks for your support of Home Gadget Geeks. You can contact the show if you got questions for me, and many of you do. Send me an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You get that email address by the way if you sign up for the newsletter, which I've done two in a row, Mike. Unbelievable. I've gotten two out. We're on a new weekly format. And they're great. I have to put that in there. Oh, I love them. Good. Well, yeah. it took me a while to get there, but I think <laughs> we found a winning a winning solution there for the newsletter. Just a little bit about what the show is about. Anything personal, I'll add a little bit in there. Not every time I'm going to do it. And then the next four weeks of the shows. That is the thing I think that's the kicker on that is to see what's coming up over the next four I weeks. I was just going to say that is where the money is right there. Yeah, I haven't been. We've always talked about it, but I haven't been super transparent about it. You can get those. Uh, you can get those out there in the email if you want to sign up for it. We mention them at the end of the shows, and so sometimes you guys hear it there. But it's always nice to to get that information right up front. Of course, the Average TV platform, both web hosting and media hosting, is powered by Maple Grove Partners. Secure, reliable, fast hosting from people you know and you trust. You know that's Christian. Head out for more information. Plans starting as little as $10 a month, maplegrovepartners.com. We want to thank Roger out at WLMN Radio for broadcasting this live. I, he retweeted something, Mike, that I tweeted the other day. So 
he's out there. But Roger, thanks for supporting us uh, as you broadcast us live on Terrestrial Radio, Radio every week. I think it's 9 a.m. in the Eastern Time Zone out there at WLMNRadio.com. And uh, the, you can listen to that online, although you guys download it, so that's fine. But Roger, thanks for doing that as well. Don't forget, we got the free apps that are available for you out there. We thank Spreaker for making those and LastPass for sponsoring that. LastPass, of course, all over that. And uh, Rich said LastPass just came to Edge in the newest version. So if you got update, if you haven't updated and you update on August 2nd, you're going to get extension support in Edge. Mike totally changes Edge. Like I'm using it really? Edge now. Yeah, okay, because I, I still don't use it. I'm still yeah. Chrome on that kangaroo. No, use, you know, Chrome's gotten to be a little bit of a pig. Oh, it is. From a resource standpoint. I mean, this it's the old Internet Explorer. <laughs> I mean, it's become the new Internet Explorer, let's just say, of, of old. And so I've been trying to get on Edge more and more. What stopped me on Edge to this point was extension support. And two versions ago or something like that, it came to Edge. And so it's available for you uh, out there. Uh, but we want to thank LastPass. And LastPass works on Edge now or will work August 2nd when you upgrade or whatever day that is. Check that out. LastPass, thanks for your sponsorship of that. Last thing, don't forget, when you purchase on Amazon, you support the podcast by using the averageguy.tv slash Amazon. And for those folks in Canada, you can use the averageguy.tv slash Amazon CA. John Zadler is the beneficiary of that. Heard from John the other day. He uh, he and I uh, exchanged a few a few IMs across. So John's John is alive and well and uh, and doing great. So we thank you for using that Amazon affiliate link. We're out here every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, and uh, we got some great programs coming up for for you here in the future. And I'm thinking next week, Mike. It's the Chromebook showdown, right? So uh, when we had Dwayne on uh, well, a couple, maybe a month or so ago, I had some folks contact me. Uh, Chip, who's going to come on the show. Chip, new to the community and uh, from the Making Dads podcast, he uh, he said, hey, he wasn't fair to Chromebooks. So Nathaniel comes back, and we're going to talk about Chromebooks. Chris Nessie is coming on from EdTech. Dwayne will be back to talk about Asher. Then we have a new, if you go to resetplug.com, you might want to check it out, a little tiny device that makes sure your router, your wireless router is always working, which is kind of cool. We're going to talk about that more. You can go to ResetRouter.com. No, ResetPlug, sorry. ResetPlug.com if you want to check that out. JC is coming on from that as well. And then, Mike, you're out. And I've invited Mike Howard and Mark Robinson back on. Uh, we, we got to guess what's going to be talked about when we have Mike Howard and Mark Robinson hmm, on here. I have I no idea. A little, and <laughs> I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for Mike Howard to throw it into the chat room, a little bit of, Unraid <laughs> is coming up. Uh, and then uh, behind that, Joel Rushworth is going to join us. He's a Windows Phone MVP. There's only like five of them left on the planet. But he's going to come uh, give us a little bit of update. That'll be post the October 2nd update, and we'll get a little update on Windows Phone. As well as the future of it and uh, what's going on. Uh, he's got some inside tech. So heaters. He's got these really cool tech heaters that he's using that, of course, are app-enabled. So we're going to talk about those as well. Again, don't miss it. Thursdays, we've got, we got some great stuff coming up. I mean, it just keeps getting, just keeps getting better. 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out the TV live. And with that, we'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>